0: Hey guys, this is Chelsea with Entrepreneur, and today I'm with Mandy Robersh of Wicked Good Henna. Hey, so <laughs> Mandy, tell us a little bit about yourself, yeah? Okay, so I'm based in Central
1: Massachusetts, um, which is kind of where the Wicked Good came from. I don't know how you know how far spread this video will go, but we say Wicked Good a lot around here. <laughs> um, So when I was looking for a business name, I wanted something that alluded to where I lived a little bit. Um, And lobster, henna didn't didn't have the same ring to it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I started like actually as a kids yoga teacher, and I was working at libraries um, back in. You know when my kids were small, and they would come with me, and it was great. And then I sort of, I guess you want to launch right into like where henna comes in. Yeah, tell ready. me. Yeah, so tell, tell me for that. <laughs> Heck yes,
0: I'm ready for that. Tell me, how did yeah. you get started? So, I, so my
1: best friend was visiting, we were both pregnant, Um, me with my third child, risen for second, and she had gestational diabetes, and her doctor said, you have to give yourself a shot in the belly every day, but don't hit the same spot twice if you can at all avoid it. So she had bought me a henna kit, and I'd never really even heard of henna or seen it, um, but she knew I liked to doodle, which I do, and she asked me to make, um, and you know, now that I'm looking back on it, it must have been the chemical hen now that I'm thinking about it. I don't really remember. What I do remember is making flowers on her belly. I don't remember if it was five, seven pointed flowers for five weeks or seven, five pointed flowers, but she was going to give herself a shot every day at the tip of a flower so that she would work her way around her belly, you know, in a pretty bag. And when I did it, I was it just, I was like, this is super fun and I, it was, it was like, um, it was like the artist that I always knew myself to be was becoming unleashed in that moment. So I started doing, doing henna. Um, oh God, I can't even remember where I was getting it. Like that's actually kind of scary now. But eventually, I learned how to do. But you know, everybody, the word got out, and people, the friends would come over. I always had a lot of friends around with their kids, and I just started kind of doing it on everybody. And so everywhere I went, I had henna. Um, and then I got interested in learning how to make it. But for years it was just, oh, there goes Mandy again with her little, I uh, use the little plastic, like the Jacquard bottles. Oh, wow. Oh,
0: were I was. I wow. was.
1: Then as time went on and I spent more and more time doing on my hands started to, you know, seize up, which is another issue we'll get to the injuries that come with henna. Um, I have like tendonitis in my elbow. <laughs> I'm a hot mess. <laughs> But um, I, I did, ended up switching to cones. I got into learning how to make it. Um, I hooked on to a woman around here who sells all-natural stuff, and just really kind of just got into it. And for years it was a hobby, and it was, Manny, can you come to this fundraiser, and can you come to this place, and can you come to my kid's birthday party? And then it just, the infrastructure needed to sustain the availability for all these things just closed in on me. And. I, I always had like seven or eight jobs with my kids, and I'm working around the family. And, and you know, one by one, I just had to kind of release them and make the space in my life for more more henna. Oh,
0: I love it! So, is that when you when you had the incident with the well, I should say the incident, but the situation with your with your friend and just this about diabetes was that your first memory of henna? Also, that was I, the first time you ever we never heard of it.
1: I never wow, I, I can't, which I really can't believe. Um, I grew up in a town with, with a fairly decent sized Indian population and I just, I guess I just never really noticed anything happening mm. and maybe that's, maybe that's the way it was. Maybe henna didn't really become popularized in America until, you know, we're we're talking about 2006 here mm. um, and I have felt, I don't know, you know how when you're pregnant and you look around and everybody's pregnant and it's not really that there's more pregnant people, it's just that you're noticing them. Yeah. Um, or if that's when I started noticing henna, or if that's really when around this region it became more popular, I don't know. Um, that's but so it,
0: interesting. But it's
1: growing and growing and growing, like like a like a wildflower.
0: I love it, like a like a seven <laughs> pointed wildflower. Mm-hmm. At that I'm here I for. I wish it. I had a picture of that first belly. I'm sure it would give me a chuckle now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Can I tell you? I found a picture of my first belly recently and it like i gagged a little
1: i (laughs) I remember somebody tagging me recently in something on instagram like oh here's the henna nandy gave us five years ago
0: and i was like delete that picture (laughs) 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 oh my gosh i love it so 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 talk to me so you so you start you start there you start with your friend and then next thing you know you're doing parties and then but, here's, what, here's the turning point. So,
1: yes. like I said, I was a certified kids yoga teacher. My thing was uh, doing yoga at libraries. I would go around all year long to, like, bring my kids with me. If I always had a baby on, on the back or whatever, do my yoga classes. And inevitably, librarians would be like, oh, you're so, I, I love, I'm good with kids. Like, that's my, that's my gift in this lifetime. Oh. And they'd say, oh, the kids love you. The teenagers love you. All the parents love you. What else, what else can you do here? Because We'll talk about it more, but libraries have budgets for programs, and they want to use this money to bring people into the library. Mm-hmm. So when they have a performer, that's what technically I would be called, um, when they have a performer that people respond to and that people like and that people show up for, you know, they, they want you back. So you know, one librarian was like, what else do you do? I have this you know, time slot this summer, and I want to bring pe- a bunch of people in. And I was like, well, I mean, I've been doing a little bit of henna, and so I went in for that and they had this like huge crowd. And I mean, again, if I saw those pictures, I'd probably die. Cause this was, we're talking like 2009. And the, here's the thing about librarians. They're a chatty bunch. They have a network with each other. I've never had to do any marketing. And yet that first summer I did a couple programs for her and I think I was charging like $50 an hour. Cause that was what I was charging for yoga. And then the next summer I had five gigs and then the next summer I had 17 gigs, you know what I mean? It just kind of built and I never did anything. It was just like, Hey, we heard about you from Susan over at the library and, you know, Hey, we heard about you from Amy. And, you know, so they, these librarians literally get in touch with me. I love that. Which I yeah. love too, because I'm not a much of a self promoter. So it's, it's nice to have somebody else doing that
0: dirty work for me. I know that's right. Yeah. I know that's right. <laughs> Do you, did you feel like, like, so when you, as you start getting these these phone, calls, or even just like with that, with the opportunity of of being able to 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 expand into the library program, did you feel immediately confident about it, or were you like ah? Because I heard like I did a little bit of henna. How was that experience for you when you got that phone call? Or you had that conversation.
1: I think I was confident. I I, I was confident in it. I like. I love. I love being in libraries and that's like my I love to read, I love books, um, I love words, I I was a writer, you know, in my in my that's what I, that's the direction I thought I was going in. Of course one of my seven million jobs, I was a freelance writer for newspapers in the area. I had a column in a parenting magazine, like I was doing the writing thing too.
2: Yeah. And
1: so I thought that's where I was headed, but because of that love for writing, reading and words, I love being in libraries. So it's really like a comfortable place for me. Mm-hmm. And then of course kids you know with the henna kids aren't picky like they they're not criticizing you <laughs> they're yeah. not judging your art they're just like so happy to have something pretty on their hands um so i never really thought much about it not being good enough it was always it always felt good enough
0: oh good okay i always i like to ask that like when you ever when when you get that first opportunity there's like a divide there's like there are people who immediately are like Heck yes. I got this. It's in the bag. Yeah. And then there are other people who are like feeling self-doubt or feeling whatever. So I've never struggle much with confidence.
1: <laughs> I don't, don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, my gosh. You know, I just, I have, I, I'm not a person with a lot of self-doubt. I'm probably, probably to a fault. <laughs> Same.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, some ways, It's, it's okay. it was voice. all good. <laughs> <clears throat> that's cool yeah. so how like for you in terms of like your your personal growth and so forth in what ways do you feel like your experience with henna has impacted you or has changed you or has um, caused you to grow
1: um it's helped me understand myself better um, because the aspects of being in this business that I love the most have helped me to identify, you know, I don't like being told what to do. I like to be my own boss. I like to be creating always something. It's helped me to understand that the more you express your creativity, or at least for me, it doesn't drain you. It actually energizes you. Like I never run out of creative ideas when I'm creating. So, um, it's not this reservoir that empties. It's like this constantly filling reservoir Which is probably what a reservoir is if I really think about it <laughs> um, So it's helped me understand myself better what I'm good at what I'm not good at um, Which is important um, to know your own limitations too. So it's, it's helped me to take a closer look at that um, having an art form that you can express yourself while also connecting with somebody else and maybe like like helping them to heal something. You know, I I could tell you stories till I'm blue in the face, but you you know, um, you know, there's times when it's just a really powerful and meaningful art form. So that's, that's been just a really cool discovery when at first it was just a tattoo.
0: Yeah, 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 wow, I agree with that, I agree with that a lot, I think, for us it's, it is, it's it's equal parts giving and equal parts receiving, and sometimes we we fail to remember that, like I, I think as creatives, we're always thinking in terms of, I'm creating for this person, I'm doing for this person, and it, it does feel like a, a gift, mm-hmm. but there's also, there's that
1: There's no, an exchange.
0: And that, yeah. They're and Beautiful.
1: Sometimes, when, you know, sometimes it's just open. a grind. Sometimes it's just a grind. You know, I do, I do teen um, workshops a lot, and there's not a lot of meaningful interactions. <laughs> you know, to some degree, maybe I'm just sitting there in my own head, just doing my thing. You know, going through a playlist or something in my head. So it's not always like that. I just, just understanding that the, the capacity is there for it, and I actually think. When things get to, oh, this was terrible and that was terrible and life is busy. Just reconnecting to that part of the art is the most centering, helpful thing.
0: Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. So for you, like you said, you you through Hannah, you've also you found um, like your 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 lim- your strengths and your limitations. Can you tell me more about that?
1: The li- yeah, I can. I can talk all day also about my limitations. <laughs> Um, so I loathe social media. Um, it's so out of my comfort zone. I've never liked Facebook. I sort of like Instagram. Um, but you know, when you're in a industry like this, putting yourself out there is part of the game. So I've had to really, I've had to really work at that. So that's, that's been definitely a challenge for me. And I, I do the best I can. I've, we you, and I have talked about business um, through Hennapreneur. I've met with people at the Chamber of Commerce. I've had business you know, um, strategy meetings, and everybody says, you got to get in the game, you got to get in the game, you
2: got to get in the game.
1: I'm going to prove everybody wrong. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to stay out of the game. I'm going to keep my game um, face-to-face. I, I, I feel pretty strongly about it. Mm -hmm. Um, so in five years, I'd like to be sitting here telling somebody, mentoring somebody and saying, if you hate social media, it's okay. Like you don't have to do the content thing. We'll see. So check back in with me in, uh, you know, 2024. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, love it. That's, you know, that's just sort of my, my hard life. Um, I don't like being told what to do. I never have. I was a very headstrong child. I was a rotten teenager um, I am a difficult wife, my husband says. He swears I have oppositional defiant disorder. Um, I <laughs> I, I've i never liked working for anybody else. I had one job, which we might get into, but I worked at a library in the children's room, and I had a really cool boss, and she was very hands-off and very like, you do you, which is how I got into kind of library programming, um, and that worked for me and we're still friends to this day. Mm-hmm. I actually filled in at the library last night because I had somebody out sick. Um so working for myself has been a must. It's mm. been a must. So no and knowing that. But that, I I consider that a little bit of a limitation, you know, not not being able to sort of
0: function in the real real world. Oh. <laughs> The way that most people do. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a, I, I could see it from that perspective, but I also feel like that. <laughs> I'm just gonna be blunt. I feel like that's what makes a badass business person. Like you have to have that. You know, that acknowledgement that this is not something that I will do. So I'm yeah. gonna have to make it work over here. That's. I had no choice. I've
1: always done things my own way. It was just. It was non-negotiable. I was never gonna sit in an office. I was never gonna sit in a cubicle. I yeah. was never you know, if I've had a couple jobs in my life where I was told what to do, and I like walk out, like I can't handle it. Which I'm out of here, do I, made, I, made it <laughs> I made
0: it work. I in the moment it's Like really, really. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so. That's you know, I I I hear you on the limitation, but. I don't know. I, part of me is like, Psh, that is a strength if I've ever heard one, especially well, when you're, when you're coming from, from our perspective and you're, you know, you, you're building a business. You're for yeah. I had oh. to make this work and I wanted to make this work.
1: And yeah. It was early days. I would come home from a, you know gig here, gig there and be like, that's it. That's the thing. That's, that's what I want. That's really? what I wanted. Yeah. And I think I'm a, I'm actually like, you might not guess this, but I'm an introvert. So de- defined by, An introvert is somebody who, when they're around lots of people, actually is drained by it rather than energized by it. So Mm -hmm. I love it. I'm a social introvert, but I love the um, concreteness of a two-hour gig. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to be around people for two hours, and then I'm going to get to get in my car and and be alone. Uh, Or I'm going to work at a festival where there's going to be 40,000 people, but they can't come into my space unless they're sort of invited. Mm -hmm. Um, So these... These little things that just come by the nature of being a henna artist really work for me on an energy
0: level too. You know, that's relatable. That's really yeah. relatable. You know, that's so relatable. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm I'm not. i the, the only one. But yeah, no, no, I'm not. The, I'm. I'm. I'm the same. I, I. I like the the definite. We'll have some exchange here, and then it's two hours, and I will see you again next year. Like, yes, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for that, but but yeah, but we're done here. So, yeah. right now I'm gonna get in my car and listen to a crime podcast, and that's gonna be exciting too. Yes, yes. Tell, which what are you listening to right now? I'm a
1: little. I'm out of ideas right now. I've listened to some great podcasts. So right now I'm on a mock binge because I've got like ten episodes stored up that I have to listen to. But um, the last probably good thing I listened to was called Bear, Bear Brook. I think it's like a murder series based that Ooh. happened in New Hampshire. So. That was a good podcast. Have you heard yeah. cereal?
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like yeah. a junkie
1: with
2: that stuff. Yeah.
0: Oh goodness. Yeah, I'm. I I'm just getting into it now because obviously like it's here in Baltimore. So I'm just yeah. getting into it now, and I'm like, like yeah. hanging off of every word.
1: Terrible um, things Grasping is another great podcast. She comes out with a new episode like every couple of weeks or so. It's really good.
0: Love love podcasts. <laughs> so tell me, tell yeah. me like. Where are you in your business today? We've got the library programs is, and that's the bulk of what you do now? So, library programs is the bulk of what I do okay. are the bulk of what I do and
1: um, one of the things that happened was, we had talked a little bit about how librarians were like, oh, what else do you do? What else do you do? Well, the next, and when I was working at the library, I was like, oh, I love crafts. I love to do this. So, I was, you know, working at the library and I'd be working on a Wednesday night and I'd hold like a wine glass painting workshop or a little jewelry workshop or something and um, People, that work got around on that too. So so some of the librarians that I was doing henna programs at their library, they'd be like, hey, I heard you did a jewelry program at Peckle. Why don't you come and do that here? And I built that end of my business up as well. Mm -hmm. And it's nice because it, so I, so I have 18 different um, craft programs that I offer in addition to henna at libraries. Holy smokes. Uh, Wow. They make up up a small percentage of my overall, so like henna is like 75 to 80% of my workshops. But. All those different craft workshops mixed in to make that extra 20%, it fills in the spaces between henna when A, a library is like, okay, we've had you five times for henna. Like, we can't, the friends group is not gonna pay for another henna program. Yeah. Or, um, you know, like a vacation week where, you know, maybe like February vacation. I think it's a great time for henna. I think February is a great time for henna because it's going to last a little longer. Um, but you know, look, they have a lot of kids coming in for post, so they might want a craft program that week instead, where they can accommodate more people or um, whatever, whatever it is. So they it 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 fills in the um, stones of my rock wall, if you will. Like it fills in the spaces really nicely. Um, so that has really been building. I have some libraries that I do a crafternoon, craft like once a month, I'll go in and do a crafternoon. Craft um, and, you know, when, when when you add those up, like, oh, that library told that library, whatever. So, like, now I've got probably seven libraries that I go to once a month. Mm-hmm. Well, that's $1,500 a month or more. You know, like, that's no small amount of business to be filling in the gaps around henna. Yeah. So it adds up. It's, it's a nice... Compliment. I can't remember what you asked me. I told you when I went. When I get rambly you have to read me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. Like because I I think it's so interesting. It's 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 not every day that you hear you like you hear people like I'm the bridal artist or I'm the prenatal artist. But to have someone who works almost exclusively almost exclusive. with the yeah with the library programs like that's really unique. Yeah. So do you do anything outside of the library programs or is that really like that's it? Oh, so every once in a while I get. A
1: little party here and there it's not I do it because I like it I'm I'm doing a party tomorrow night Um, I I like to do parties it's not a huge it's just like fun money for me Mm -hmm. Um, I do festivals in the summer but that's been pretty like steady I don't I'm not all that interested in growing my festival income because I got three I got three teenage girls They're, they're like I got one leaving for college I'm we're not gonna all be here forever so to give up every weekend um, for Like I did that grind a couple of years ago, and it, it's a grind, you know, yeah, sitting there all day. So I, for a couple of years, I really kind of sacrificed my family for the summer and did the festival thing. And now I'm at a point where I, see, I know which ones are good, I know I know where the money is, um, and I'm just doing those. I love that. <laughs> I'm kind of a snot about the festivals because I like to be busy. I don't like to be sitting there doing nothing. I know nobody does, but I like really don't like it. Like it makes me miserable. Um,
0: I want to be where the people are like, I'm like Ariel, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but also outside of my booth, Like, <laughs> but also that I want to be,
1: I like, I work fast. So I like the bustle. I like the hustle. I like, I like, I, my best friend comes, she's my booth baby. We have a blast. Like I like the high activity festivals where there, there's like 10,000 or more people. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, you asked if that's so that's, that's what I do. You know, it's a good chunk of change, but I really focus on the libraries because I see a lot of room for growth there too. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they continue to talk. I'm actually trying something new this year cause I took your course about the ideal client, uh-huh. and I've decided because the school year, um, you know, during the day is sort of an empty period. So I took my daughter to her college orientation thing and they were taking us through the, um, dining hall area and they were like okay well here's where the dining hall is and every day at lunchtime we have people tabling and and I go tabling what do you mean you have people tabling <laughs> and she said yeah we have you know people come in we have a jewelry lady and we have a we have you know this person and that person they can they can come in and just sit at a table outside the dining hall and they can sell their stuff and I was like and, I, and my daughter looks at me like not here like <laughs> mom no stop <laughs> but I thought You know, I live outside of Boston. I live in New England. There's colleges everywhere you look. So, like, why not, you know, why not try to get some time tabling during lunch times of the school week? I like that. So I'm, I'm taking a risk this year. I just decided to throw a little bit of money at a risk, which I'm willing to do. I joined the National Association for Campus Activities. I'm going to get a table at their conference in November and I'm just going to try something new and see if I can kind of make that work a little bit. And it's a good time to take a risk because I have really nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm making a good living, you know, everything is taken care of. But I I do have, I have more, like there's, there's room for growth during the day because a lot of my stuff is at night or on the weekends. So there's room. So
0: I'm going to try to make a go of it. There are three things that you just said that I'm like, we got to talk about takes notes <laughs> yeah yeah i'm like i'm like i'm not forgetting this. so the first thing is i love that you have the boundary around your time with your family and yeah. i would love to hear your perspective on what it is to maintain that that time with family and also run a business and what like where were your hard lines and what was your thought process and at what point were you like no the sacrifice here it, it cannot you know it cannot exceed whatever this, this, this level is. Well, A, I'm lucky because
1: my husband is capable and awesome. So I don't have to worry when I'm away that, that things aren't being taken care of around here. So that's good. Um, I did spend, like, one of my summers where I had 7,000 jobs that Ken was picking up, I, I, I sacrificed my, my kids. And I, at the end of the summer, I said, that will never happen again. I was never home. I was working all day long. I was gigging all night long. I, you know, I would get home every night at 10 o'clock at night and it felt like crap. And it, it I still regret it. And my kids will still talk about it. Remember that? Remember the bad summer?
0: Like, they remember oh. it. Like, yeah. <laughs> remember, <laughs> remember that, that summer? summer you abandoned us? The- so, oh. There's a
1: hard time. You know, there's a hard time. So yeah. one thing, um, I hope this answers your question, but one thing I do now is that when I'm starting to fill up my summer, which happens increasingly earlier in the year now, now my librarians are starting to get in touch with me in, like, November, December, for the fall of the summer. And I'm usually, by fev- mid-February, usually booked up for the summer, which is incredible and awesome and very disappointing to some of my old favorite librarians when they think that it's just like it was five years ago. Yeah. Um, one of the things I do is I sit down with my summer calendar and I drive my friends crazy because I'm like, when do you guys want to go away for the weekend? And they're like, it's November. What are you like? I'm like, I need to know now. Um, <laughs> one of the things I do is I just block. I just block time off. So I've blocked, I have a working vacation that I've blocked off on the south shore of Boston because I hate driving back and forth. So I booked a house and then I do, I get in touch with all my librarians in that area and say I'm going to be in town for this week book me. Um, So it ends up that I'll have the day with my family and then I'll I'll gig in the afternoon and evening. So I do that. So that's my working vacation. Then I block a four day weekend off with my girlfriends because that's critical. Um, and then I block a week off with my family so I have those ready to go and then any other days college orientation um, you know driver's driver's test like any days that I know they're gonna need me I block the whole day off mm. um, so having that's how I do it now and then I, I just would I wish it was like the old days where my kids kind of came with me everywhere but they got tired of that you know in the last few years they' were like that your gigs are boring, and um, henna is stupid and it's like- <laughs> Every time I go to like I do, teenagers they're like, "You have three daughters. They must have you handed them all the time." I'm like, "They do not." <laughs> oh my gosh! I hope someday they'll they'll let me of them, but not now.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll come back around. You know, I have a I have this understand. Like <laughs> one of my clients comes every two weeks, and her teenage daughter would come with her because she had to. Yeah, and she refuses to get handed. She got it two times. And after that, she and I've seen this client for three years. Every two weeks, so three long. years, and the daughter will not get it. And I know that she wants it. You know, you yes. see the look in her. Yes. It's but it's like yes. it's the rebellion. Mom's yes. doing it, not yep. doing it. Yep. That's all it is. Not. Come back around. <laughs> I see that a thousand times
1: a day. They'll come back around someday.
0: <laughs> 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 <just> <laughs> I love it. I love, you know, I but I have to tell you, like um, that, I. I wanted to ask you specifically about that because I feel like a lot of times, those especially those of us who are moms, but if you have a family at all, if you have other, other, um, even if it's not a family, if you have a a tight like community and close friends and whatnot, and then you're going into working that kind of, especially over the summer months, I think the expectation in our industry is you must kill yourself from May through late August. And if you don't, you will be broke for the rest of the year. And it's like, I'm learning that that's not necessarily true. It doesn't Uh, have to be that way. You can have this life outside of henna and it can still be very vibrant. It can still be very peaceful
1: because you know what you you can say like with me, my, with my clients being librarians, I can say to them, I'm not available that week. So you're going to have to, so they, so I do, I do kill myself the weeks that I'm not on vacation, but I make sure to give myself breaks. I wish I had more wisdom for you. The, The truth is that it's really hard. The truth yeah. is that it's really hard and it's it's like ta- it's like being an accountant at tax season. You do have to somewhat strike while the iron's hot. Um but you know, carving out, I guess, the time for yourself therein. I try you know, some of the big music festivals that I do, my husband was a drummer in a band, like we like music, so I try to bring them with me. At least having them around makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Um and they're starting to get that too. So if I have a festival, they'll often agree to come. You know, especially if it's like a like a four hour like street party kind of thing they'll come, and they'll you know they come take my money and <laughs> 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 i try to make I try to make the best it I like having my my kids and my husband near me, my dogs um I like having them there it makes me feel better, mm-hmm. so when possible, I do that too um but it, it's hard it's that's been the biggest challenge in everything in my career is. Not sacrificing my kids. Sometimes, some years I've been better at it than others. Yeah. So getting to a better place just as they're all getting ready to leave, I'm getting good at it.
0: <laughs> Look, it is so hard. I feel like it's one of those things that, like, you really don't know. Like, it's like parenting, you, where you, you don't know if you're doing a good job until it's done. And at that yeah. point, it's like, it's hindsight. It's, it's over.
1: I've heard that the real fun in parenting is when they're like in their 20s and they start telling stories like, or about, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for that. That's gonna. I'm going to just hide in the corner. For,
0: like, oh, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I do. I love that. And I'll tell you like, from for me as well, that's been my thing this year. This is the first year that I've done this but this year i said you know every month i'm taking the family away and so oh. every month yeah every month there's a weekend that we i do not work and i do not like we're out we're out we're we're done and yeah. but even making that little shift it's so empowering i think because as a business owner you feel ever-present, and ever-responsible, and ultimately you are. Yes. um, For all of the things going right, and continuing to move along and whatnot, even in your absence, and so it can be really daunting to say, no, I'm gonna take that that time off. So to hear you be like, yeah, i book a four-day weekend with my girlfriends, that is amazing. Gotta do that, I can't live without that time.
1: Um, And like, on a micro level too, um, one of the things that places I've gotten to, especially as phones have become more prevalent in our lives, when I pick my kid up at school and it's an 11-minute drive home, I make her put her phone away. I'm like, if I'm picking you up and we have 11 minutes together, we're going to chat. We're going to hang out. My other daughter, when I bring her to dance, they slip into it. And I'm like, I'll stop the car. And you like, put it away. Um, you know, that's our, that's our time together. I, I hate to say it, but, you know, I'm just driving the car. And we're just going to we're gonna hang out a little bit. We're going to have a little one-on-one time. And that's, so you grab, those, you grab those moments when you can, I guess. Try to yeah. be, well, okay. It's eleven minutes, but I'm going to be here, like fully present for eleven minutes with you. You know that I might be more, that. that might be more more than you get if you're at home all day with your mom and she's completely distracted. So, I don't know. It's
0: a it's a micro tip, but I, I'm still figuring it all out too. So. No, I <laughs> love that so much. You have no idea. Like that's that is gold. So mm-hmm. yeah, the other thing I wanted to ask you also is you talk specifically about taking a risk. And I'm like, and this is totally shifting gears. I'm totally shifting gears. But you mentioned taking a risk and, um, you know, seeing like, oh, they're doing tabling and like, I'm gonna do it, and and reaching out, and doing the things. At what point did you become? Well, you mentioned you're, you've always felt pretty confident in doing the things. A rebel, a a rebel. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a renegade, Dottie? Oh my god. Oh Lord. No. Is there like, um, has there been a point for you? are like, I know that. No, I'm going to ask it this way. Has there been a place or a time when you're like, I see this risk. I'm going to assess this. Or do you have a formula? Let me ask you that. Do you have a formula for assessing risk in your business? That's like, that's run true to you. And that has paid off well for you that you could share.
1: Mm. I'm pretty impulsive. Um, I go a lot with my gut, mm-hmm. I go with my gut feeling. I'll also say that like, as my kids have gotten older, my comfort level with that age person has evolved. So I'm not sure I really liked teenagers before I had them. So back in the day, I was more interested in working with small children. I'll always love small children, that early childhood is my jam, I love little kids but having teenagers, I'm more comfortable with teenagers. So I, my whole business has kind of evolved into that teen space. And now having a kid going off to college, it's like, oh, college kids. Like I, I know how to talk to 18-year-old kids. So like me, so I, I, I'm i not answering your question, I know I'm not, but I did want to mention that like, I see opportunity <laughs> through these new places that I find myself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's things that I don't like to do. So we talked a little bit about like bridal, like. I did one bride once, and I was like, "This is not for me, not in any way, shape, or form, not for me." Um, you know, private appointments. I don't love having people in my house. Um, it's okay. I know a lot of people in my own community they'll come for. So, it's just in terms of like, like taking risks, like I know where I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, money is probably the thing that is tied most to the risk. You know, it's easy to risk something when there's really nothing. There's no skin in the game. So um, when I talk about taking risk, it's usually tied into some sort of financial investment that I'm making. So mm-hmm. like we talked about the, co- the campus activities, I had to pay 300 bucks to be a part of this organization. I'm going to have to pay another 300 bucks to have a table at this conference. That's a $600 risk. So what's $600? You know, a few, mm-hmm. a few gigs. If, we're t- if we were talking about a $2,000 risk, I wouldn't take it. Like I'm not there. Um, so I guess my risk, my comfort in a risk, is sort of tied to how much I can afford to lose.
0: I like that. So it for you, it's what counts, right. I mean,
1: yeah, gambling is like you only gamble what you can afford to say goodbye to. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. my. I know. I didn't really answer your
0: question. No, you did. You did. <laughs> it's no. <laughs> whatever no you did it's it's interesting to see because you know some people assess risk and i i i love asking this because there's i always there's two perspectives there's there are people who assess assess risk and they think about it in terms of what it is that they can lose and then there are people who assess risk and it comes directly from what they can gain or what they would lose if they didn't take that risk which Uh huh. Which, and this is totally like, it has nothing to do with Hannah, but, um, my, my dad is in the military. My dad's a Marine and, um, he in his work and whatnot, like all the warfare thing and whatnot. So we had some conversation about, um, how they assess risk in Australia when it comes to modern warfare. And it was very interesting to me to hear how and here in the u.s we assess risk by like in terms of collateral what's the damage that can be had okay and there it's what's the damage that could be had if we do nothing do it. and it's totally the, that that shift is like that's a completely different yes.
1: way of, of thinking about risk but i'm not sure i could make you'd almost have to like have that to grow up with that <laughs> mindset that seems like a like, it's totally
0: different. But you know it's not what i really work to think of it like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See? And I, I never heard of someone else thinking about it that way because honestly in my in my um life and in, in my business, that's yeah. the way that I think of things. Hmm. What do I risk if I do if I do nothing? And it's and it's so you do think that way. I think that way. But yeah. I did I always felt like I was the anomaly. Like I didn't know yeah. that, that this was a school of thought. That could yeah. be had. It's very interesting. No, t- total side note. But yeah, mm-hmm. but it's it's so interesting. I love to ask that question. Yeah. But then the third thing that I wanted to touch on is the fact that you that you did invest in joining this association. I think there's so much power in saying, you know what, I want to play. And so if I'm yeah. going to play, here you go, I'll put my hat in and I'll do the things and I'll sign up. So yeah. tell me, is that normal for you? Like when you see a thing you do you immediately look to say, okay, what's the most professional route that I can do go to get into this circle? Or after taking your courses, yeah,
1: I mean, like, you no, know, on and I'm, we have to talk about entrepreneur because your tutorials about the ideal client like really resonate with me, and and I loved, I loved this. I think mine was what was yours? St- yours was Stacy, yeah. Your, so mine was Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> and Jay. About thinking about who I'm, who I'm trying to reach and how to get there really helped me figure out like, well, where is this person? And what conferences is she going to? And and where, where are her, what was her budget like? And, you know, so helping me, so then I was, that helped me to Google like, oh, well, campus activities. She's, she's on the board, you know, she's, she's probably going to bring some students from her. The problem with campus activities is that the, probably the leadership of the group changes every few years. So you can't really get connected to the students you have to get connected to their advisor so I had to think about all these things after thinking about your ideal client workshop so that really helped And, and then the gut thing at the same time as all that's happening then I'm touring colleges and I'm looking at these student unions and I'm looking at these dining hall spaces and seeing all the and they have I mean when I took my daughter to her college they have this board that has all their activities for the month of April it was it's like They're doing all the same stuff libraries are doing. Like they had a sewing. I do a sewing workshop. They had a sewing workshop. Like why have I never thought to offer this, what I'm doing, to colleges? You know? Yeah. So that really got me thinking. So it it just seemed like a good time and a good risk to take. A good risk to take and a good time to take it. I love that. Yeah. And I might not have thought of this two years ago. You know, this is all, it's just kind of all happening all at once. And I
0: I like when life works that way. Yeah, I like it does. It seems so flawless, like seamless, yeah. a seamless transition, and you have now all of this history behind you too. Yeah. Like, oh man, yeah. I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. I love that so. <laughs> so, you're in identifying your ideal client. Like, ha yeah. has that changed? For, because that was that was semi recently that you took the workshop.
1: Yeah, it was. It was just the, the the month of March for me was really a low, low month, a, a kind of a dead month. And I was like, I'm going to take this month. So I, I called it my professional development month. Um, I had, I had left my last job. I had, I was like, I'm going full time. I'm going to get rid of every job I have. I'm just going to do this. So that left me with a lot of time at my desk in March. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that job filled my mornings. Okay. Um, so I spent every morning I got, I got my coffee and I would log on to the I took all the workshops. I would do all the worksheets. I just, I made it. I got you know books on the history, kind of which I'm still kind of reading. Um, and I was like, I'm just gonna immerse myself in, in learning, mm-hmm. which I'm not a student. I am not a, I, I barely got through school to get a degree. I, I, it was not for me. And anytime I've had a job where they're like, oh, you should get, you should take this graduate course or whatever, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> yeah no I'm not going back to school thank you um so this was like my school it was like my school of kind of so I did I learned a lot during that like almost like to the point where my brain was going to explode and now I'm kind of settling down a little but yeah I mean taking the time to really like I mean of course I love to doodle and draw so I'm drawing my ideal client like I got little little Tracy on a page there I, <laughs> I love, love her, that her and like her, I drew her little kids because she had her kids but her kids were in a home daycare like <laughs> I love that so much i Geeky out, you have no idea. Oh, yeah. It was fun, and it was and it was fun, and it really helped me get in the mindset that I think I needed to be in, and that that's when everything started kind of click, click, clicking, you know.
0: Oh, that's exciting! I can't wait to hear how how that pans out. Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a conference. The Northeast conference is in November.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ideally, in a way, I'd like to find another artist who's more based in Connecticut and kind of share that conference with them because. You know, New England is New England, but I, I don't know how much travel I want to do down to like say like Bridgeport, Connecticut. You know, like like mm. I kind of want to. I want to kind of stay near Boston, and like my mom lives in Maine, so if I were to go up there, I could go visit her. I do a couple libraries up there, and I can make a little sweep. But like, there's nothing for me down in Bridgeport, Connecticut. So I'm thinking about um, working collaboratively with another artist on that. Mm. Um, that's always a danger, you know. I don't. I. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that
0: have you worked with another artist uh, like up until now? Have um, that been a part of your business at all? A little
1: bit. I had last year um, the festivals were blowing up. I had parties blowing up. I needed help. I have a couple women that I was kind of training. Um, we worked together and then they saw the potential of being a henna artist and what that meant and they, they wanted more and more and more. And I, did, I had to pump the brakes because they didn't want to become their agent you know it was starting to feel like they wanted to do this giggle can you sign me up for that festival and i i was spending too much time hmm. with them, and so i i asked them if they would mind going and doing their own thing and if i need them i'll call upon them and that's worked well so i do have artists that i can call upon to help me um but for the most part i'm i'm it's not a strength of mine um I don't work well with others. I I, I run with scissors. Um, I <laughs> I like I like to be alone and I like to do my own thing. Um, so that's been actually like a really important learning curve in the last year or so. That like that was cool. It was kind of fun to have that team vibe going, but not what I wanted. It was yeah. it was a little. It was probably almost to me felt more like baggage. Be responsible for somebody else's livelihood, and I. Oh gosh, I hope they're making money at that festival today, and I hope they're doing all right, and I hope they have what they need. And it was it was distracting to me. Mm. So I'm back on I'm back on a solo I, the solo path that I was meant to walk. You're a lone wolf. <laughs> I am. I am a lone wolf. <laughs> I happy. love it. Yeah. yeah Oh I, my gosh. I don't know that I like that about my like I I don't I don't I think I would like to think of myself as being a more of a
0: team player, but I'm just I'm not so do you have a professional a professional network for yourself like and I don't mean the library program but like um, just for you for you do you have like business besties or um... I'd like to there's a um I'm part of a well I'm not part of it there's a there's a thing up in
1: um, the North Shore called the creative collective and it's all artsy party people and they all do artsy party things and the, the town the city that I live in is not it's not cultural um, hub at all. It's a working class, blue collar community. And I, I wish that we had more of an art scene around here and I someday maybe I'll be able to make the space in my life to head that effort up, but it's not now. Um, but I would I would like to have something like that. Maybe in the future.
0: I don't have that now. I see. Yeah I ask you know for, you, for me. Where you are? You- no well no i have so i have obviously i have like my my mastermind and yeah. um and they i i mean i touch we we were on the call this morning at six thirty in the morning like i we talk to each other twice a week okay. and then we have uh quarterly meetings and so forth so it's it's something but i ask because you know being an entrepreneur it's it is lonely sometimes like that journey is it though? lonely <laughs> It can be lonely, you know, I think not from that, because I'm like you, I, I, I get into my work. I want to do it my way. Yeah. I don't want to ask questions and I don't want baggage. Yeah. Like, that's me. I'm just like, I just want to make a decision and, and go with it. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it's like, um, when you want to have the conversation about what's going on with your business, with your partner or with a friend and like, they yeah. don't get it. The lifestyle is different. And in that way, I mean, it's lonely. So I ask more about, like, the camaraderie. Do you have a... a- well, yeah, the, you know, there's some Facebook
1: groups that I more lurk on. I don't participate, but I can watch and see what other people are doing. The printer community it has been awesome. But, like, I had belonged to, like, a women's um, business group for a short time, and it was like, this is such... A, and, a, and the arts in general, like, it's so different than what they I don't know that the experience really translates
0: in it ways,
1: feel, yeah. it didn't feel like it didn't feel like a normal business <laughs> so I didn't feel like I fit into a normal <laughs> group of business people you know what I'm saying yeah and it, to some degree I think people like really I know and I, I'm not saying this about the business group that I was into like in general like even family members they're so kind of dismissive about it, like oh there's Mandy drawing on people like I don't think they really understand um that this is a viable business that I'm making a living. It's it, it looks like I'm drawing on people for fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's, that's like. real talk. No, that's <laughs> real talk. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, I agree with you. And sometimes you, you go to networking network. I'm, I'm big on that. And, and inside of Baltimore, I'll go to events and I and, and do the networking thing. And it is always interesting when you're like, Oh, hi, yes, I'm an attorney and I'm a social media manager and I'm a real estate agent. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm a an head artist. And, they're so like That's fine. You can do that. That's a thing. <laughs> that's a thing, you know? Like, I've got more press behind me than you can, you know, like Google yeah. me, You know? Well, but I always love it when and I don't know if you if you get this, but I was like just happened to
1: me the other night and the lady was super lovely, but she was like I was at a library and she was Muslim and she was like, Oh, you know what? You know what would be really good for your business is if you were to come and do like an eat thing at the whatever. You you really should get in and I'm like, I don't need more work. Like I <laughs> Like that until I clone myself. That's that's great, but like I don't have more time to give. Um, and you know, sometimes at the festivals, people be like, you know, what if you would really make some money if you would, you know, if you would do this? It's like, okay, thank you. I'm
0: doing okay. Look, it's yeah, I, it's always it's always people are very open to like offering their unsolicited. <laughs> Exactly. And it always it comes from a good place, but exactly. let me ask you: like for you, has there been ever a piece of advice that you've received in your business that you're like, no, I, I applied it, and no, nope. I have, or to, have you always just gone with your gut
1: and like I, I hear, myself, but I I know that there's oh well I've never taken anybody's unsolicited advice, now. so I I can't speak to that. But I I'm trying to remember. Oh oh well, so I think I showed you a picture. Like I keep my designs on cards, and it just. It just works. It just works really well. I have color-coded cards. It works because I can price them differently at a festival, but it also works because I can manage my time at a library. Bless you, bless you. So, um, like my red cards take the most time. They also cost the most. My blue cards take the least time. They also cost the least. And at a library, like I was at a for mitzvah the other night and the DJ had to do a thing so the kids all had to leave. So when they came back, I only had nine minutes left of my gig. And the kids all wanted more henna. So I was able to put out my blue designs and be like, I already picked one, get in line, let's go real quick. They take 10 seconds. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I love my system. So every once in a while, somebody will come by my booth and be like, you know what would be really great is if you had everything in binders. And then it's like, yeah, I've, d- I've done the binders. <laughs> it didn't work. Like, it doesn't, I tried that. So,
0: yeah. Thanks. Thank I'm you. Everyone's <laughs> binders. I <laughs> I love it. I, when I saw your picture, that was the first time I'd ever seen someone do yeah, I really like it. It just works for me. It just always has. I love it. I w-
1: I'll never do anything different. I'll never I've tried different things over the years and I've landed on that just because it works so well in every context. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, when I get to a gig, if, I, if there's a line already out the door, which does happen sometimes, one time a whole flipping town was lined up around the library because it was a small town and it was like that they had used their whole budget for, for me that summer, you know, Oh, which wow. Is super sad because I'm not that expensive. Um, <laughs> I mean, everybody in the town was lined up like around the library. So like when that when that kind of thing happens, I know I can only put out this these color cards. Oh and, wow! Like, and when I get there and there's like three people there and they're like, well, we had seven people sign up, but there's only three here. I know I can put out everything, you know. So yeah. it's just how I manage myself and it works perfectly. So.
0: So now I've got a question. So when you go to the library, are you, is it like, in, in, for like an educational program and then you offer demo or are you just doing demo? What does that look like? I will do what a librarian asks of me, but so here's the deal. So
1: libraries have budgets. Their budgets are often different for age groups. So they'll have an adult programming budget. They'll have a teen budget and they'll have children's budget. I do. Mo- I mostly live in the teen section. I will do adult programs, and that's more where I'm more likely to be asked to talk about henna in that context, but not always. Mm-hmm. Teens—they just want teens to come to the library. They're just like we know that there's teenagers in this town. They don't like coming here, but when there's henna, there I've had more librarians say to me, "I didn't even know there was this many teenagers in this town." They come oh, out. Wow. With henna. So it's a win-win-win. Kids are getting free henna. I'm getting paid. Libraries getting teen bodies in the door and everybody wins, and that's all they need from me. Um, an adult program I don't do very often. They they're more likely to have questions, but what I tend to do is like we'll I'll set up like a mandala cover coloring table, so adults will be doing coloring, and I'll be talking as I'm working, and answering questions. They mostly yes. want to know how to, how how it's made, what's in it. I don't get asked a lot about the history, and I'm kind of glad that because it's definitely like a weak spot for me i'm trying to learn right now i have some books i feel like there's the the, it's like the same information i rely on people that come to me who have grown up with henna in their culture to to teach me Mm. i get tidbits you know i get tidbits here and tidbits there and i love to hear from them Uh, i don't feel always super confident or um uh i don't feel that i'm really the best person to be talking about the history
0: of henna so I'm working on that. Okay. So I I wow. So do you do like a bit on like when you go to the like because I know that there are going to be listeners who are like, I yeah. want to do a library program. How do I set that up? Yeah. Do you do anything on like henna safety or do they or do you have a table for teens also set up and you just kind of work through them and they just look at the things as they come up or it's it literally like? it's literally like a festival like I oh would go, wow yeah I'll go in I'll put my tablecloth down. I have my little
1: suitcase, and I will start doing henna. And they – a lot of times they'll get to get, like, you know, two or three or four tattoos because it's a small enough group. It's usually a two-hour gig. You know, I can – and so one of the things that has made me so successful at libraries is that because of my card system, I can work through a crowd. Libraries don't know if seven people are going to show up or 75 people are going to show up. I've had both happen. Mm. So I – as somebody working at a library, my ideal client is not the teenager; it's the librarian. Right. So it's my job. So, and that's a really important distinction for anybody wanting to do this kind of work. I, I, I'm hoping to please the teenagers with their henna. I hope they like it. I hope they get a great stain. I hope they like the design. But the person I'm there to please is the librarian because I'm there to make her look good for him. Um, I'm there to make sure that it's a successful program, that they feel like it went well. And one of the ways I do that is by making sure everybody gets that out that wants it. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways I do that is by managing my design intricacy. So that's where my that's where my card system works. But my job is to is to help that librarian pull off a successful program.
0: I love that. I love mm-hmm. that you made the distinction because it's true. I think many times artists they're they're looking at the end person who's actually receiving the design it's like no it's the person with the wallet well yeah that's who you're there sometimes that for many
1: artists that person is the same person Mm. so like they're doing private appointments they're doing a bride like that's who they're there to please and I want that person to be pleased but I'm not there to please that person
0: yeah
1: and in in a on a good day and which is almost every day in my line of
0: work everybody wins yeah yeah (laughs) I love that so what is your what does your day look like like what's a regular work week look like for you
1: okay this is going to make people jealous because i have like the best like work life i think (laughs) This this is what i've been working my whole career for i'm here i wake up i help get my kids off to school we have like this is like so some people have family dinner we have like family coffee like we get up and we're all together in the morning that's, that's cool. That's one of the ways that we make it work. We get up, we make lunches, we make breakfast that nobody eats. We, you know, we stomp around the kitchen we get in each other's way. My husband takes these ones to school. My daughter drives. She takes the other one to school. So then everybody leaves. Ah, it's 7, 10 a.m. I get my coffee and I go sit at my desk and I return emails and I, you know, maybe post on social media if I'm feeling saucy that day and I get that, get the desk stuff done. I take the dogs for a walk. My mom lives in my in-law apartment. She comes down. We have a little mom and daughter time with the dogs. We walk around the block. It's lovely. We catch up, maybe have a coffee, and then she goes. Um, Sometimes I have, I still do some kids yoga. So sometimes I go to a library and do a kids yoga workshop. I still do story times at libraries. Sometimes I have to go do that. So whatever it is I'm doing that morning, I'm a big, I love to work out. So Sometimes I go to my Orange Theory fitness class, um, and then I come back and I do more work. Now. Work for me might be sewing a Harry Potter finger puppet for a workshop I have to do next week. I don't know what I'm <laughs> doing that <next> day. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I have the best job ever. You might see behind me my wall of crafts. Like, yes. A lot of days my job entails crafting. So I'll sit and watch and make crafts. <laughs> and I love it. I and, Yes. <laughs> and some days um, it might, like I'll do all my invoices usually for the next month at one time. That might take more than one chunk of sitting. Um, it, it might be working on my website that day. I might be, you know, doing mailings. I like to mail. Like one of the things I like to do, which I've only started doing since I went full time, which is one of the reasons I went full time, is that when, when I have a program coming up at a library, a craft program, not a henna program. Um, I was like, I really need to devote myself more to these librarians and give them a little more than I'm giving them because I want these programs to be extra. Like, I don't want them to just be good enough. I was running in a thousand directions. So what I'll do is I'll make them an example. Like, this is for a Harry Potter um, station, craft station workshop that I do. I'll make this, and then I have my little mailers, and I'll stick it in a mailer, and I'll mail it out with a little note saying if you want to put this at the front desk so people know that the workshop's coming up. Um, so that's one of the things that I'm doing this year to be, to do a little extra customer service, to make things a little better for them, get more people signed up. Um, I always send thank you notes to all my librarians, all my festival organizers. I'm really big on thank you notes, always handwritten. Um, so that takes time. Um, so that might be something I'm doing that day. But anyway, I mean, I have a run, you know, it never ends. So I have a running to do list. So after my workout and my walk, my mom and my coffee and my emails, I'll, I'll do some. I'll tackle a couple things on that list. Mm. And then it's time to go pick the kids up at school. So, and then I might have a gig that night. Um, I, lately, I have every night. I've been working um, all different kinds of things, and then I'm getting ready for festivals. I sew all my own stuff for my boots, so sometimes I have to sew a new, you know, new this and new that. Um, and I'm just always kind of tackling projects.
0: I love it.
1: Best, right? How do you,
0: that is the best. <laughs> I'm like, that's an awesome work week. Like, I do to work like that. <laughs> so <laughs> like, how do you keep yourself organized? you got all these different things going on. Do you use a, a paper planner or like an online calendar? How do you? I'm a hundred percent pen, paper, and pencil, like a hundred percent
1: to the point where I panic about my planner, like leaving it somewhere would be my worst nightmare. I would drive back for it. I would drive hours to go back to get my planner. And Now that I just said that, no, I'm like, that was good, Mandy. Um, good thing you said that out loud because now my planner is going to get left somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I paint all my own signage for my booth. I, don't, I am so, like even just um, doing this interview with you and having to like work my computer, like I had anxiety dreams last night about it it's, like I'm so anti-technology. Um. <laughs> And like, I was trying to get to Staples this morning, but they didn't open until eight because I wanted to get a microphone. It's all working out just fine. But uh, (laughs) technology's not my friend. I I do my own website, which I think is like, and a lot of librarians tell me that they really like it. So that's, it must be hitting hitting the mark where it needs to. Um, But I do everything with paints and paint
0: pens and markers and Sharpies, and everything I do is tactile. I love that. Do you bullet journal or is it like just a planner and you break um, it down the way? That you...
1: I have my planner and my to-do list. I have, I have to-do lists everywhere. Like I live for my to-do lists oh. and that's basically how I stay organized. And it's, I, I, I look around and I see chaos, but really when I think about it, it's not that bad. And I, and I work really hard to, like, I always joke when I get to a library for like a craft workshop, like I'm going to forget something and lately i haven't <laughs> been forgetting anything so it's good I, when? Think with, I think that came with going full time though like i like up until a couple months ago i was doing all of this and having a 20 hour a week job mm-hmm. so that was that was like actually kind of stressing me out you know yeah. and, and nobody was getting the best of me so now um having this time to just do everything right and and having really having the time I do have the time for once in my life you know you have kids and you oh, I have no time I'm so busy I have no time I'm so busy I have time now like I'm doing all the things that need to get done in their own way right so how long did it take you to get to this place I would say I've been grinding for like six years
0: so that's a small Mm fee
1: that's
0: that's yeah. some time under the belt for sure. The bad summer
1: was um 2015 what we refer to as the bad summer. <laughs> the, the bad summer, summer that shall not be named. The summer that we shall not discuss um so that was like when it kind of hit the peak mm-hmm. and then it's been it's been a slow ride into goodness since then. Oh, I um, love that. Also, you know, income rising. So that's really been good. Oh, those are like <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, i'm like yes these are the things that i want these are trends that i like oh my god yeah so that wow did you see yourself getting here like was this something that you forecasted and were like yeah that's the direction i want to go or did it just kind of grow organically totally totally organically i thought i was going to be a freelance writer for the rest of my life making twenty
1: five thousand dollars a year as as a as a goal yeah that was the goal you know, like, oh if I can just be with the kids and freelan be a freelance writer, like that'll be good. And I think henna has just become so popular, um, that it almost like called my name towards it. You know, like it's people it, the demand has forced me in this direction and I was happily along for the ride. You oh, know?
0: That's so fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And also working, you know, working for it too. Yeah. And, I don't know. It's been it's been kind of a beautiful like it's been a beautiful journey, and I'm like really proud of myself <laughs> because I never thought that I was kind of the black sheep in my family. Like, oh, Mandy's the artsy one. Like, she, you know, always in a million different. And like, I have a, one one of my sisters. I have two sisters. One's an actuary, and one's a speech pathologist. So they were just really oh, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, doing it and doing it the whole time. And I was like, oh, I got my kids, and my so. To be successful at something has been a little bit of a surprise, to be honest with you. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't see myself, and I and I love having a business. My mother was a business owner, and like I I love I love it. I just never really thought this would be the the business that I would have.
0: But mm-hmm.
1: here we are. So yeah, organic.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what has for you over the course of this you know six years, almost seven years now, um, journey? what has been like the biggest professional accomplishment that you've had?
1: Um, I, I want to like, my instinct is to talk about money when I talk about, um, success. Um, because I never saw that coming. Like I never saw this level of income tied to something that I love so much. Um, but also like personally, I have tried to maintain a mindset. Like I think it's called an abundance mindset. Like, I always give my time away. I I volunteer at like a um, it's called the Healing Garden. It's a place where women go when they undergo cancer treatment, where they can go get massages. And I go once a month, and I do crowns. And I, so I always it's it's a, it's a professional achievement for me to have not lost sight of of ha- ways that I can use my gift for good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's. I don't know. The cheesy. It's
0: probably cheesy. And the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! It's not cheesy. I love that. Like balance. It's yeah. It's I, I think having both. Like you have the the personal payoff, and then I mean everybody loves the money. Yeah, <laughs> the money. Like there's no shame there either. So I, I love that.
1: that. I mean, what does that money mean? That money means. I mean, I'm all my. Friends, we're putting, we're, our kids are going to college, and most of my peers, their kids are taking out loans. That's their, we're living in, living in college loan world right now. I, I don't know, because we're going into the freshman year, but like, I really think I'm gonna be able to pay for college.
0: Like, I really think I'm gonna actually be able to put my child through college. That is phenomenal. But, isn't it? That is phenomenal. She, she did the work of getting, she's a super smart kid, and she
1: did the work of getting all the scholarships and whatnot. Um, but what's left? I, I I think I can like write the check at the that, and that's and that's going to be my biggest accomplishment.
0: And that's the one I've got my eyes on. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Like that's just like I have got goosebumps. Yeah. I love that so much. That's that's the goal. Oh man. That's so. Ah. Uh, oh, I just love. It. Okay, I'm like I'm chewing on that because at that's I feel like that's the parents' dream. Like you. Mm-hmm to to build something that creates a legacy, be it the business itself is a legacy or whatever you're able to give your the kid. investment. Yeah. By yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And that that definitely would not have been possible. I mean, my husband,
1: he's the he's the Greg to my Dharma, if you're old enough to get that reference. Um he if, you know he makes a good living, whatever, but we pay the bills, you know. So this business is what does all the extras and and has been over the years building up to all the extras. And at first that was just, oh, my business has paid for a vacation or the kids can take dance classes and my daughter's in club soccer and, like, over the years. But now this is the big one. College, you know, college is the big one. So yeah. this is this is the true test of, like, are are, are we going to be able to do this? I think we're going to be able to do this. I love yeah. that. It's awesome.
0: How do you have – how has your business – in terms of, like, pricing and so forth, how do you have – your, how are you um, compensated for your time with the library programs? I know you said when you first started, you had an hour later. It was 50 bucks an hour. I think so. I Yeah.
1: Now now yoga. What does that look like for you? So uh, yeah. my rate, I actually increased my rate when I went full time. I was, was like, I'm so fast in terms of like libraries. Like I can accommodate so many people that I'm going to give myself a raise because they like to get lots of people in the door. So I just figured that was a little premium I was going to put on myself. So up until I, I actually grandfathered people in who booked me before the new year, but I was charging hundred dollars an hour and then there would be a $50 travel fee to most libraries. I do my local library. I give them a little bit of a break because like I said, we're kind of a working class town and they're really good about, um, they're just really good. So anyway, I try to try to hook up the locals a little bit, but anyway, so it was like a two hour workshop at a library. It was 250. I just raised it to 275. It's working out fine. Um, so that's how I structured that. And then of course, you know, festival, the designs are different prices, but I try to stay low, not to undercut anybody else, but just to not be a a jerk because like, I don't like my 20, my most expensive designs are $25. They Mm -hmm. take me four minutes. Like I just can't with a clear conscience charge more than that for four minutes of my time. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I know some kind of artists have like $50 designs, but they're also way more intricate than what I I limit what I offer. Yeah. So I won't do a big piece at a festival and that's strategic yeah it's totally strategic that's strategic that yeah and I have I have $5 designs that I will take away only at festivals where I have paid a ton of money to be there because I know people will spend the ten dollars but if I'm at like a fair when there's parents with lots of kids listen I'm a parent five dollars five dollars for the little smiley face or the little chickadee or like whatever it is because come on, I mean you've got four kids. Like what? Like what are you going to do? So yeah. I try to be—I try to be really fair with my pricing. Um, and that works. That it's—that's been a strategy that has served me well. Yeah. If I and know people are willing to come and spend, you know, if they if the designs were ten dollars, that family with four kids isn't going to even stop. They're going to be like, nope, sorry, kids, move along. If they're five dollars, they're going to be like, okay, kids, you can pick a five-dollar design. All
0: you, twenty bucks. Yeah. No, I'm the same. you know here there's such a large amount of like wealth disparity, and i'm I'm the same i and I agree. I think when you're out there to serve people, then you're rewarded for that, be it with the business initially or with the reputation um that your brand builds or with the referrals that you receive later like yeah. it always comes back. So I'd prefer to like take the, here's the five bucks design like right. I'm not right. gonna get rid of it yeah you know it works, yeah yeah oh my gosh so like for you you're so So, so tell me like how is um when we talk about like your the the cost this the cost associated with running business you now you have these library programs that are up and running and ready to go yeah you got this you know smaller amount of festivals that you're doing what sort of overhead do you run what sort of costs are associated with with what you do today Uh, probably my my biggest expense is my car because i'm i'm willing to travel i love to
1: drive and i love to be in my car it's my happy place um you know i have mentioned once or twice that i have three teenage daughters So sometimes getting in the car and driving away is like the highlight of my day um so so i'm willing to travel and maybe other people aren't I don't know, so I'll I'll travel up to like like next week. I'm going to drive to Maine. Like I said, my mom lives there, so it's a little bit of a negotiation. But you know, that's like a two-hour and twenty-minute drive, and I'm psyched for it. I can't wait. Um, so I have to have a a good car, um, which has been a learning curve because I've I've spent a couple moments on the side of the road. Oh.
2: Um,
1: and so I have a I have a nice reliable vehicle, and I spend a ton on gas. But the henna, you know, I make my own henna, so I roll my own cones. <laughs> you know, like I do all the things that cut down on on henna being a cost. Mm -hmm. Um, My craft workshops, some cost me more for supplies than others and I charge the same because I just figure it's all gonna even out in the end. Um, I like the consistency of pricing for libraries. I like them to not pick and choose based on what it costs. So I like them to just have me come do what they want me to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So craft supplies are a huge overhead for me, gas, car payment. you know i have all my booth stuff i make everything myself so i don't have a lot of costs associated with festivals so you know my space i guess like technically you know i have to have a home office and all that you know but you know i think it just it's still worth it for yeah sure.
0: yeah it's all it's interesting once to hear the different uh, based on the type of service that we specialize in uh, what sort of costs are associated with what, and who's spending what on what? Do you spend money on marketing right now? You don't. I don't No, I don't, and I don't have to, mm-hmm. and I and I don't
1: really want to. Um, no, I and I don't really advertise, and I'm terrible at social media. I post like twice a week, you know, maybe. Um, I just don't. The, the librarians do the do the heavy lifting, and on my this is another little life for anybody kind of getting into it on my business card is also my kind of care instructions so everybody has to take one
0: <laughs> Yes. I like that
1: <laughs> so my cards aren't just going to people who ask me for a business card my, care, my cards are going to everybody that gets kind of from me mm-hmm. um, and that you know that they'll, they'll keep it kicking around it's I have it it's a square instead of a rectangle so it's a little different so people are more likely to kind of hang on to it mm-hmm. um, so you know for parties and such it, it's, but it, yeah i mean i don't
0: i don't really need to do any marketing right now which is nice cool yeah. so what about like up up until now and i don't know this could be this could be in the past year this could be since going full-time or even just in over the length of your career what has been um the the largest investment that you've made in your business
2: i don't know uh I
1: don't know that there has been one large investment. Maybe this will come to me later, but I can't think of, I mean, the festival, the the level of festival that I do has, has evolved. Mm. So I'll pay a thousand dollars for a, for a music festival. Now Um, I'll pay, I do the Boston pride festival. I'll pay $350 for the day. Whereas years ago I had like a $75 a day cap. Right. Um, so I'll I'll spend more to get into the good festivals because I I shine there. Do you, and you work by yourself at these festivals? Um, At the big ones, I bring my booth babe, my best friend, and um we have a blast. And this year, I have a big music festival that I do, and I didn't have a second artist, and I was kind of stressed about it. And out of the blue, a woman reached out to me, and she said, "Oh, I I applied for that festival, and they told me they had they already had you." So I asked them if they would. Um, share your contact info and I, I just wanted to know if you want if you want help that day you know through that weekend and I was like I like you <laughs> like, I, like <laughs> yes. like, yeah. I like that yeah I'm like is she an entrepreneur that's out. I like that and I checked out her website and she's she's really into private appointments she's really talented I really like her vibe or I like her style so she's been kind of helping me out a little bit when I when I need her she's gonna she's gonna go to this big huge music festival with me in July she's meeting me next weekend at a small Smaller, but maybe bigger festival. I haven't done it before, but I think it's going to be awesome. Um, just to get to, to know each other a little bit. So sh- I'm I'm excited to have somebody that might really vibe with with my vibe. Yeah, um, and somebody to call on. But you know, like those the um henna society. Um, it, it's a large network. I, I know I can find help if I needed it. But when you're spending much time in that close of quarters with somebody, you kind of want to like have a groovy thing going on. So I I might be still searching for
0: that, but I think I found it. Um. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, like that, I, feel I like too. That's so, it's so good when you have someone else that you could just yeah. like lean on a little. And yeah. even if it's like, you know, last minute, Oh my gosh, you know, do you have, I just ran out of lavender oil. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, a community. Yeah. Yeah. But I I can, I can work a big
1: festival with, with a booth helper. With If they're handling the money and getting the line lined up, I can work through the line pretty, pretty efficiently. Um, and you can only do what you can do. Right. So whether there's two of you, three of you or one of you, if you're working constantly, it doesn't really make I mean, you it's just disappointed people that aren't gonna get henna, but it's not like you have to get them done by the end of the day. So it's really just your your only limitation is your own self. Right. But I, I like I like those busy festivals so much. Those are my favorite.
0: Oh, I love that. What about what about this? Let's go to the the flip side. Yeah. Has there been an investment that you've made in your business that hasn't paid off in the way that you'd hoped? And did you learn any lessons from that? Well, um, no, no, but
1: again, I'll go back to the festival thing. Like I paid up front last year for a series of weekends in an incredibly busy tourist town that always has been really good for me. And last October, I don't know, in Baltimore, it rained every weekend and it was like three degrees out. It was awful. So I lost my shirt last October. Um, And so a month where I expected to make five or $6,000, I actually lost 700. So, but those are the breaks. Those are the breaks. I don't. I don't belabor that misery. Like I don't give it too much thought. It happened. I had a great July. I had a crappy October, and that's just the way it goes around here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, in terms of an investment that I've lost money on, that's probably the biggest one. But I also like. I can't. I don't stew about it.
0: You move on. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's. It's the nature of business. Yeah. It's the nature yeah. of business. I roll with it. So but let me ask you: What for you? has been over the course of your, your journey as a henna artist, what has been the biggest lesson that you've learned?
1: Um, I think as a business person, and I used to do business writing for the newspaper, the Sunday paper in the city near me, um, I did a business story once on this guy and I always used to ask people, oh, how did you survive 2008 and the recession and everything? And he said, well, when you're trying to grow a business, you can either, and you have a product, you can either find more people to sell your product to, or you can find more products to sell to your person. And that like, like, you know, when you were like, Oh my God, I have to chew on that!" Like I had to chew on that. I was like, that makes so much sense. And maybe people who have a business degree or go to like, maybe that's like a class. I don't know. But just that one sentence, like changed my entire business mind. Mm-hmm. So, and that was one of the things that helped me shift from, okay, my librarian is my client. I can either find more librarians to hire me for Hannah or I could find more things to offer that librarian. Mm And so that's, I've done both over the years in different ways, but I'm always trying to think about how to grow that way or that way and never too much at the same time.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's been a really
1: good business lesson. So that's something I've learned and then had to spend years
0: implementing, Yeah. uh, which I think is really, I don't know. I think it's a little bit of a gem. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That is a golden nugget if I ever heard. Like the concept of going deep versus going wide is, right. I think, a lot of us we get hung up on one or the other. Yeah, and yeah. fail to remember like you got You got to kind of go with both. And like you said, not at the same time. You grow it a not little, at the same time. little here. That's the most important. And grow it a little here. And and yeah. which one thing am I focusing on right now? Which
1: what's my goal? It's it can it can't be both. Or you'll just get so overwhelmed. Yeah. So, that's been that's been the thing I've learned that is, is the truest, you know?
0: Yeah. That's a good one. So, let me ask you, if you were to give a piece of advice, a single piece of advice, uh, and I say it's advice, but it could be a suggestion, a piece yeah. of encouragement, a recommendation, whatever that is, mm-hmm. um, a message, if you could leave a message for that henna artist who's two steps behind you in their journey what would you tell them? What, what? So the person two steps behind me is a person who's like
1: burning the candle at both ends and like deciding whether, whether this, this business is, is, you know, for them to really invest in. And it comes down to like, is it in your heart? Is it in your gut? Um, And if it is, just stay connected to it. Like when things get too businessy, get a henna cone, (laughs) get a friend, Get a kid, you know, and just go play. Just go, go play and, and be artful again. Um, and if that, if that's enough for you, then like maybe, maybe another business is a better idea. But if if that's like, if you're like, yeah, like yeah, what what can I do to make this work? Then, then figure out. I don't have any advice because I I could tell you how to get exactly where I am. But I think that probably where I am is a little bit unique, and everybody's kind of got their own twist on it. Um, so I just th- I think the the thing is just to always like connect with the henna with the art with the, and with the people and you know it's just stay connected that's so cheesy it's so
0: cheesy it's not cheesy <laughs> 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 that's not you che- that's so good oh yeah. I love that and I think that that will resonate also with a lot of people and I honestly I agree I agree it's yeah. there's there are the highs where you are. Where you have to be, you have to work in that, like, it's the left brain, right brain thing. Yeah. Are you left, you're not left handed? Oh, no, I'm not. I'm left handed, so. Are you? Yeah. (laughs) See, my dad is. I'm not.
1: not. I find that a lot of henna artists are. Yeah. 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 I have found that to be not like a majority, but
0: like certainly more than the general pop. I agree with that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, like, off the top of my head, I think five, like this. And it's, you go, is there a thing there? Yeah, it is. It's just that left brain, right brain. I think um, staying connected and staying grounded in, in the thing you love and remembering why you love it. Yeah, remembering why you love it. That's probably true. Any, any business endeavor is like, it can get really businessy, but bring it down, bring it down to the basics. Ah. <sighs> You're so awesome. Eddie. Aww, I love you. Yeah. You're, love so, you. <laughs>
1: you're so awesome. If I liked my in-laws more, I would come down and visit because they live in Maryland.
0: <laughs> but it's just oh, not like that. So yes, uh, look, I'm going to need you guys to get a better terms. So you can we'll just hook up your coffee. And someday, we'll, someday we'll be
1: down there
0: again and I will make the drive to see you. Oh my gosh. Yes. I want to, like, I want to put my arms around you. You're oh. awesome. Oh my god! Well, thank you, I so so appreciate your not only your time but your insight and and your openness. You're willing to share your journey. That's hard on the sleeve. That's what they say, right? That's (laughs) (laughs) it's the artist in you. You got no choice. Yeah, the loud
1: mouth in me too. I don't have much of a filter, but you know, hopefully, (laughs) hopefully, something came out of my mouth that was helpful. And I, you know, I'm sure I'll a cringe at five thousand things I said. And B, think of five thousand things that I wish I'd said, but it is what it is, right?
0: It is. You know what? Honestly, likely both. I'm the same. I'm like, but but you know what? You when you put out good, uh, then people receive it. And I think there are so many things in your journey that are so relatable. That yeah, they're gonna love it. I love it. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me having me on. (laughs) <laughs> yes of course it's my pleasure it's my pleasure all right love, well, take care and i'll see you inside the group okay <laughs> bye